This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I 35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, leave that city. Well, hey there, here we are again, right here on your other side, Jay West Texas Leeson. Glad for all those West Texicans joining in with us. Great show ahead. Got uh, our man Jerry Hodge, former Amarillo mayor, has plenty to say about his campaign, FireFrancis.com. Pre-recorded an interview with Hodge. And here's what you need to know about Jerry Hodge is this show broadcasts from 5 to 6 p.m., which is problematic for Jerry Hodge because that is his happy hour. Uh, oh, Jay, we gotta can can we do it another time? That's really that's really getting into my happy hour. So we did pre-record. We pre-recorded yesterday. You'll hear things like, "Listen, if you gotta if you gotta kill a snake, and the snake being the Regent Gate Five, you gotta cut the snake's head off." Uh, and that being Rick Francis there in Regent Gate. Uh, which we're going to get into coming up uh, with Jerry Hodge about uh, 10 minutes from now. Also, says the campaign, which I previously understood may go, you know, a month or two. He says we'll take it in the next June if we have to. Jerry Hodge fired up as we get ready for the uh, Regents meeting there on October 4. I'll be there. We used to do that old uh, thing. Texas Tech, tell Spike I'll be there. Well, tell Bob I'll be there on Thursday. You want to be a part of the program? Make it a good text, 806-745-5800, and get in here on the other side, 806-745-5800. Always, there are a lot of texts that don't get read on this show because as someone who appreciates radio and has been a listener. I don't want to get caught up with a lot of sideshow issues. Uh, great texts are read, and we've got more than a few great texters. 806-745-5800. We are broadcasting from the studios where Buddy Holly became famous, the Racer Car Wash Studios, voted Lubbock's best wash around for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City for the best wash around guaranteed. Racerwash.com. Racerwash.com. We got some neighbors down the street, speaking of guaranteed, like some Cajun neighbors. They're all about LSU. It's the most random thing. I'm, hey, I'm a proponent of place. And whenever I lived in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, people say we never met a, a Red Raider fan like you. I was uh, pretty radical. That was during the Leach era. Whenever I was there, and and we would uh, 
really hand it to people. Matter of fact, the maintenance guy. I always love maintenance guy. I'm going to get to some Mahomes stuff. The uh, visiting Jerry World. Appreciate all those Dallas listeners. Uh, maybe get down to the new stadium in Houston and all you guys who are listening. Appreciate you as well. Uh, but I always give this advice to people who are looking at a new job. So much of work is dependent upon how, like, I would take, I would take a hit, twenty five, thirty thousand a year, if I really enjoyed the environment in which I worked. And you know who knows the the environment better than any? And I don't care what what kind of building it is, what kind of industry it is. And maybe you're applying for this position. Maybe not. But it's maintenance guy. Maintenance guy knows the health better than anybody else because uh, he gets the treatment. He sees the culture up close. She, they see the culture up close. But I really liked the maintenance guy at, uh, whenever I was in Tulsa. And so much so, he was the biggest Boomer Sooner fan I'd never seen anything like that. Like in Oklahoma, here's the deal. Like we're going to get into Texas politics here in just a moment, Jerry Hodge, and then everything else. I said uh, certifiably ADHD, uh, and I know it. But in Oklahoma, you know, John Steinbeck said, the, the less you have, the more you have to brag about. Okay. You know, I appreciate you guys who listen, Oklahoma City and other places, but here's the deal. In Oklahoma, there's not a whole lot to be had, historically speaking. But in the Depression and the Dust Bowl, guess what they did? They decided that they were going to have... Like wanted, and this is uh, it's the undefeated by Jim Dent. That's who it is. Undefeated by Jim Dent. I read that book upon moving to Oklahoma. In the the depression and uh, the Dust Bowl, they had to make a decision in Oklahoma, and it was what do we do about about the current state of things? Like the country's looking at us. And that was during Grapes of Wrath and the Okies and, and all these sorts of things. <laughs> and uh, were looked down upon almost as a race in of themselves in that historical context. And so a bunch of leaders got together and said, well, they're doing a thing called NASA in Florida. Let's do one here. Well, have you looked outside? Uh, no, as they sat around the table. You can't launch a spacecraft from here. The sky's brown and sometimes black. Well, that Walt Disney's built some things. Maybe he would want to build one here. Again, have you seen outside? So these men, in all of their acumen, decided, in all their money, decided, let's build a world-class football team in Oklahoma. And they did. And they bought in, brought in Bud Wilkerson, and they put the best money, the best team money could buy there in the 30s and 40s, and there you have your Oklahoma Sooners. 
And that was important for me to understand living there because maintenance guy loved the Sooners. Like, I'm sure on his gravestone there will be an OU emblem. But one day I snuck into his office. It was, uh, we always got slaughtered in Norman. I think that's just kind of a historical thing, a 2008 and prior. But I got all of his two by two ceiling tiles and pulled out the double T in his office and painted them red and black. Big weekend inside job. And Johnny Wiggs, you're welcome, buddy. You're still welcome from your favorite Red Raiders. Speaking of Red Raiders, <clears throat> come on, Patrick Mahomes. Come on. The guy's already a legend. Left-handed, shot put to help win the game last night. Superman wears Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes pajamas. That's the way that thing works. I went to uh, Dallas Stadium this weekend with the boys. Yeah, it's not a sports show, but some good West Texicanism before we get into some political weeds coming up. Uh, and... Uh, I'd, I'd never been there. I'd never been to a professional game. Uh, my first time, along with Jack and Sam, twin boys who are nine, and we sat on the third row of the goal line, and I don't know the exact direction, but it was the direction. It was on the same goal line where uh, Dallas kicked the game-winning field goal, and... I took that video, the best video I've ever taken of my kids, I think, and it sounded a little bit like this. Thought I'd play you some little boy genuine joy there at Jerry World. They're lining up for the kick. There are Lions fans in front of us. Here's Sam. Screaming like a girl. And that's Jack talking smack to the Lions fans who are sitting. I swear, I'm going to write just an existential proclamation, pamphlet, uh, maybe tweet uh, to young journalism students. I was at Texas Tech earlier, and I, I really think the whole Bible or all ethical conclusions, all ethical motivations can be summed up best by Sam Houston. Do right and risk the consequences. And that's what good journalists in this country ought to be doing. And, uh, well, I said another way, do right and risk the consequences, rave on. There was some Buddy Holly as we come in. I'm looking here at a Xerox copy, Buddy Holly, presumably young, maybe in, in high school. I have to find the exact date on this, uh, but it's in his handwriting. There's hot tea, there's cold tea, but the best tea is loyalty. Buddy Holly with that Y that sweeps back around and loops into the B. Uh, Holly with an E-Y in that Xerox. The other side of Texas, sponsored by the law firm of Mullen, Horde, and Brown. 
LLP with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. So we, as I mentioned, we pre-recorded an interview with Jerry Hodge, who's come out publicly, said, this is my organization, uh, firefrancis.com. And so we got to uh, talk with Jerry Hodge, set aside some time yesterday. And here's what he had to say. He ain't missing happy hour. He's probably there right now. Jerry Hodge. And I will say this. Uh, for whatever reason, Internet was spotty whenever we were recording this interview via our finally made and produced Apple products. So the first three minutes of the interview, you're going to hear some breakups like it's bad reception. Uh, but then the rest of the interview, and it goes about 16, 17 minutes. Everything else is clear. So pardon that technological glitch. Without further ado, here's the man himself. Former Amarillo Mayor Jerry Hodge, who pulled back a proposed gift to Texas Tech University, $10 million of a gift to Texas Tech University, is back with us on the program. The last time Jerry Hodge was on this program, he indicated that he would be putting together a letter-writing campaign. Turns out it's a little bit bigger than a letter campaign calling for the removal of Texas Tech Board of Regents Chairman Rick Francis. It is firefrancis.com. Jerry Hodge, how are you? I'm good, Jay. I'm good. Thank you for calling. Uh, I appreciate you making some time here. You've been in the news. Uh, folks last week saw firefrancis.com. And then on Saturday, lots of folks on social media noticing the FireFrancis.com billboard trucks rolling around in near Jones Stadium. Uh, tell us what made you come to this, Jerry, uh, and how you think the campaign is going. Well, first of all, Jay, the campaign's going very well. Uh, we came to doing... FireFrancis.com because of all the phone calls and people wanting to sign the letter and so some of the smart social media guys around here, some of my buddies said, here, let's do it this way and I said, that's fine. I'm not a very good letter writer anyway. So the function of the site, as I can tell, is folks go on and they can, there's a pre uh, form email they put in their name and they can go ahead and just send that email, and it goes to, does it go to all nine Board of Regents as well as the governor? It goes to the governor, and I'm not sure we put all nine Board of Regents on there. I think we did, and I think there's a bunch of activity on it. Yeah, so let's talk for a minute about Margaret, uh, your wife. How's she feeling about all this uh, now that you've emerged as probably the most vocal, not probably, the most vocal public uh, uh, citizen in the region on what's happened at Texas Tech? 
Well, she, it doesn't blow her skirt up, I can tell you that. She'd like for me to just sit back and be quiet, but that's not my style. You know, I got an email from a show listener, and uh, if I get permission, I'll give his name. But he said, look, what has happened at Texas Tech, these things happen. You get the regents you deserve if all you do is sit back, write checks, and not try to make a big flap. Don't, don't say anything that could hurt business. Don't say anything that could make people uncomfortable. And, his, and he's a guy who knows a thing or two about politics. said, uh, look, what, what Jerry Hodge is doing is what we should have been doing years ago because whenever you don't speak up and you don't make a stand, uh, then you get into the situation which we currently are in at Texas Tech. Well, I think anytime you think you're right and you think somebody's doing something bad to not only other people but to a great institution like Texas Tech, I think you've got to stand up and say something. Uh, it would be better to just, I guess, lay behind the log, but I don't like that approach. And there are lots of people. I've been critical of 501c4s, uh, which is what Fire Francis, according to the press release, is organized under, because folks will uh, run in anonymity. You don't have to put your name on anything. But here, Jerry Hodge, you said we set it up as a 501c4, and I'm leading this effort. Um, I am, and, and I have uh, right now have, have funded the biggest part of it. Uh, you know, I'm not real versed on that, but, hey, my name's out there, and and I'm sure the other people that, uh, that are contributing um, – they don't mind. In fact, one of them's on 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 our five hundred one C four founders, and that's Mike Hughes. Hmm. So no anonymity there. Jerry Hodge with us discussing FireFrancis.com, the site named after Rick Francis, the chairman of the board. Last time you were on, you had not heard from Rick Francis. Have you heard from him since? No, I have not. I I've never met the guy. I've never heard from him. And, you know, that's it. I don't really expect to. I mean, I did hear I was off his Christmas card list. I, and I've, I've heard more than that. I've heard from reliable sources that uh, he is very bothered by all this. And uh, I think anytime your name's associated with fire yourlastname.com, you probably are bothered. <laughs> well, he's probably a good guy. I just haven't seen that side of him. And maybe someday I'll meet him, and someday we may be best buddies. But he's wrong on what he's done up to now. Is it just him? Because this is – I'm going to ask you two questions here the, on feedback that I've gotten. Is why is it not broader – than just Rick Francis. Why isn't it Steinmetz and Long and Huckabee and Hammonds, what we call on this program the Regent Gate Five, uh, why is it not extended out to the other four? Well, I really don't, I, I can't answer that. You're, you're asking me why am I not going after the other four? 
uh, you got the chairman. If you got a snake and you want to get rid of it, you chop the head off. He's the chairman. He's responsible. He's doing the talking for them. And I think the others, uh, I think he's throwing them under under the bus. And, you know, I think there's probably some some quality people on the Board of Regents that maybe wasn't done right. Yeah. Uh, Board of Regents meeting on October 4 coming up this week on Thursday. It's been amended from October 4 and 5 to just October 4. Jerry Hodge, do you think some of that's response to the effort that you're leading, that it was amended to one day? I have no idea. You know, I don't have that much communication with that, on that. Yeah. In fact, I have none. There are some who say this, that say, why would Jerry Hodge pull back, Jerry and Margaret Hodge pull back that $10 million proposed gift and then utilize money to put forward a big effort like this? My response there, Jerry Hodge, is that I think you were in, yeah, you may come back to that reevaluating that $10 million gift. Um, at least that's what I gathered from our last conversation. But folks should also understand that in the 90s, you and then uh, Senator, Texas Senator John Monford, uh, you spearheaded the pharmacy school. So it's not like you've. I think the perception of some is that you were just interested in the vet school, but you've been a donor to tech, uh, what, over the course of 30 years. Well, and plus, uh, when I was on the prison board, we got Texas Tech with the help of Bernie Mittemeyer into the correctional health care business, which has been very profitable for tech and for the, you know, their health science center. So it's, not just the pharmacy school, but uh, it goes back even further than that, back into the 80s. Uh, Jerry Hodge, may I ask how old you are? Jay, I'm not a woman, so you can ask me that. Okay. I'm, 70, I'm 76. You're 76. And it's funny to me that I took a stab at 75. But we always introduce you, at least I'm sure lots of media platforms introduce you as former Amarillo mayor, but you were mayor of Amarillo when you were 30 years old. Actually, I was on, I was elected to the city council at 30, mayor at 34. Okay. And this, this segment of the program is what have you ever done with your life? We're here with Jerry Hodge. I was definitely not a mayor when I was 34. I'm 39 and still am not a mayor. Uh, Jerry Hodge, how are there some, can you bring us, break some news here about new turns? I love the phrase in your press piece, in your press release, tactical initiatives that you're going to take up some tactical initiatives. What else can folks expect from this campaign, and how much longer will you be waging this campaign? Well, it'll, it'll, it'll will continue until one of three or four things happen, and then probably past that. But, you know, the first thing I'd like to see happen, I would like to see the chairman resign from the board, uh, just you know, I think that'd be the honorable thing to do, or at least resign as chairman and not seek reappointment in January. 
And I guess the other thing that I would like to see happen is the board, the other 12 regents, remove him as chairman. I think the best thing to happen is uh, for him to decide that he's not an effective chairman and that he's hurting Texas Tech and that he ought to resign from the board and from chairmanship. If not, just at least from the chairmanship and let one of the other eight guys step up and lead Texas Tech to great things. Uh, so how much is it just, are we looking at another couple of weeks, or are we looking through Christmas, or maybe even through, I believe he's up for reappointment the third week in January, Rick Francis. Well, Jay, we got to, we got, it depends on the, on on how things play out between now and then. And it might go on until Saturday night the, in the 1st of June. Okay. Well, oh, so one last question. We don't, have a t- we don't have a time frame. Yeah. I wrote a piece. I was really, st- whenever I went back and I looked through the Texas budget, of course, Jerry Hodge is in Amarillo right now. Are you still planning on trying to get the dental school to Amarillo along with the vet school, Jerry Hodge? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's on our radar. So I was startled whenever I went back and I looked through the budget that was passed in the 2017 legislature and saw that Tech had, and maybe this was the budget mastery of Bob Duncan, $50 million in the kitty that could be utilized through 2021 that in the conversation at tech and they will not release these records to me. It's been taken to the attorney general, but the conversation at tech was a conversation over the past few months of whether or not to put in an appropriation request for the vet school or the dental school. It seemed to me that Francis was holding the card saying that maybe they wouldn't put in a request for either and only because he had $50 million lined up for the dental school through the Texas Tech Health Sciences Center in El Paso. As an Amarilloan, it seems, it would seem to me that you would be perfectly founded to believe that so long as Rick Francis is on that board, Amarillo will, at the end of the day, to use some language, take a screw in that it's going to be publicly saying one thing, but privately uh, he's going to try to withhold that vet school so it, he doesn't risk his dental school, a dental school that he has $50 million for and doesn't need to make a legislative appropriation request. Is that a right read on your thinking there? I think, it, I, I think it's very right. It's all about the vet school and probably the dental school. And I think he was nervous about Chancellor Duncan's ability to get stuff through the legislature. And I think that's the reason he was, if he did, force him out. Uh, But, you know, with that said, all we got to do to get the dental school is we got extra land, the city does, or out there by the health science center, the pharmacy school, and our new vet school, which we will get. We got more room out there to put the dental school out there. And so the land's free. All we got to do is raise whatever money it is to build the building. I feel pretty sure that we're going to be able to do that. Yeah, you say if Francis did force Bob Duncan out, is there a question in your mind there, Jerry Hodge? 
Well, I wasn't in the meeting, so everything I'm telling you, I'm hearing, you know, hearsay, but I'm hearing it from a lot of people. He's the chairman of the board. There's a 5-4 vote that you aren't supposed to be taking behind closed doors. Jerry Hodge, if you're chairman of a board and you take a five a vote that's just five to four, isn't it best to bring out that vote into the public purview, into an open meeting, and let everybody stand publicly on on a vote and not just keep it behind closed doors? A close vote like five to four as a chairman? Jay, I think maybe that's a question you ought to ask some of the other regents and not me. Uh, if I was chairman of that, uh, we absolutely would not have handled it that way. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't have made a big decision like that on a five to four vote if, in fact, that's what they did. But I'm hearing a different story on that. A different story in what regard? Exactly if it was a 5-4 vote and if it was a vote of no confidence. And yeah. I don't know what, what what the facts are, but regardless, you know, let's get back to it. you got to admit it wasn't handled properly. And if you got a region that are split on a major deal like that, on a 5-4 to four vote, if that's what happened, then you don't proceed. That splits up your regions. That does not come across good for Texas Tech and their leadership. And so that's what I'm saying. He's not a good leader, or you wouldn't have had a five-to-four vote. Y'all would, you, they would have worked through it and come up with some other, some other scenario. But uh, Chancellor Duncan's a good guy and got a lot of integrity, and it's all about the vet school. It's not about Texas Tech, and it's about maybe the dental school and and, and uh, El Paso, and it makes you wonder who the chairman is more loyal to, Texas Tech or Texas A&M. Mm. Uh, any, I've gotten this question before, and I want to give you the opportunity to answer it, and this is my final question, final decision. Uh, you have any designs on, will you be putting your name in the hat to uh, be on the Board of Regents? Absolutely not. And I think uh, when his term's up or he resigns, I think they ought to put a, a, a lady on there. And there's some good ladies in Emerald and in Lubbock. So I, w I would support a good woman. But no, I'm not a candidate and I have nobody in mind. He is Jerry Hodge, the loudest voice in West Texas right now, talking about firefrancis.com. Don't be a stranger there, Jerry Hodge. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go into a shell. Uh, well, I've said this. It's just an unwritten rule in West Texas. I've, I've known this. I mean, I've known this since I was a boy, that you can go throw rocks at different people, but you don't throw rocks at those guys in the panhandle because as long as I can remember, uh, and especially in Amarillo, uh, you don't throw rocks at those guys. You don't mess with those guys because, by and large, they're wealthier, they're smarter, and, frankly, they're crazier than everybody else. Jerry Hodge. Well, at least maybe the last one I fall in that category. I uh, appreciate your time. Thank you, right. Jerry Hodge. Thank you, Jay. So there you go. Some Jerry Hodge, some notables.
is uh, listen back through that audio. <clears throat> a couple of things. One, going to, and I know it's a West Texas idiom, but if you're going to uh, kill the snake, you got to cut off its head. Uh, <clears throat> that Jerry Hodge, not missing happy hour, says it compares the situation to a snake in cutting off. Because I get a lot, listen, I get a lot of flack about you're reporting on Long and you're reporting on Huckabee and you're reporting on uh, Francis. What about Steinmetz? That is the question that comes to me. Like, within my age, if I may just say so, just based upon my experience in Lubbock as mid-30s and now at 39, Within my age cohort in Lubbock, the biggest small town in the world, I don't know who is less popular, Bart Rager or John Steinmetz. And that's just based upon a lot, and my phone's about to blow up, I'm sure. Uh, That's just, I don't know John Steinmetz very well personally. And we've, we've exchanged text messages and had some conversations, and... You know, frankly, kind of like the guy before all this went up in smoke the way it did. But there are a lot of people wondering, where's the fire Steinmetz? Because the thinking is that Steinmetz put on the Board of Regents by Rick Perry at age 32, despite some controversy around documents that he filed, apparently saying that he went to a school of banking and made it sound like it was a uh, a big degree program when in actuality it was just a two-week seminar. Uh, that's what it could be likened to. And a lot of people saying, another West Texas idiom, slippery as a boiled onion. Now, I don't know about a firesteinmetz.com, but I do think it's telling that Jerry Hodge says... Uh, that those five are like a snake and you got to cut the head off uh, a candid Jerry Hodge there. And then as well uh, for Jerry Hodge to say that he has every intention of landing that dental school there in Amarillo quote, it's all about the vet school and probably the dental school. Francis was nervous about Duncan's ability to get things passed in the legislature. For backgrounders on this, if you're just listening, OtherSideOfTexas.com wrote a piece inside Francis's thinking to oust Duncan. And then the nail in the coffin. It makes you wonder who the chairman is more loyal to, Texas Tech or Texas A&M. And... Another big question coming up, emerging October 10. I think I got this yesterday after the program. October 10, a big fundraiser in El Paso. I think we did mention it, Daniel says. Big uh, fundraiser in El Paso on October 10. And guess whose name is at the top of what I presume to be the host committee. And that name is Rick. Rick Francis, that name is Rick 
Francis. Going to break into, we almost got interrupted by the news there. We're going to break into a break and then get back a couple of minutes from now. Stick right with us. Some thoughts on fake news and then what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But O'Rourke right here, bring you the straight truth on the other side. Advertisers, you think we shoot you straight? So do these guys, all of them. I mean, I've said before, like, this is not a sanctimonious pat on the back, but we take advertisers who, first of all, I use, and secondly, people who I trust. And I think both of those things mean the same thing. You don't hear political advertising on the show. I don't want it, and uh, I turn it down because I don't, it just, perception is everything, which leads us into the next segment. In politics, not a lot of, of, uh, I definitely have my opinions, but they are not formed by, and I appreciate listenership on the show. It's humbling to me. I get asked to speak a lot now and do some different things. I just wanted to set out and rave on. And so it's not, nobody can ever accuse me of being, you know, well, I'm in somebody's hand. I'm not. I mean, come on. You guys who follow this show closely, who followed Regergate closely, you heard advertisers on this show, and yet we still release that audio. And, yeah, I was on a work site today, and, and somebody said, you're the guy. You're, we heard that. Uh, uh, that uh, What do you got audio there on the program? And, and you did. And uh, we're glad to bring that to you. What do you got? Uh, this segment brought to you by Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. Did a panel today at Texas Tech with my friend, Brian Mudd, KMAC, uh, Sarah Self Warbrick, at uh, the AJ, some other folks, and uh, had a great time. Uh, the discussion was about fake news. And there were folks who were really worked up about fake news and how there has to be environmental change. And you know, like, that's all fair and good. And you know, But the problem is that we're so polemical in our politics now that, and we're so offended. Like, we're all snowflakes now. If we disagree with what we read, if it doesn't reinforce our own values, then we call it fake news. But guess what? Anybody who's read anything about journalism history in this country knows that journalism began 
And I'm thinking back to Horace Greeley in New York and then Charles Dana in Kansas City, uh, one a lefty, Greeley a lefty, and uh, Dana a conservative. These were publications, I wouldn't quite call them propaganda, uh, maybe tabloid, but that's just the history of American journalism. And then into the mid-century, the mid-20th century, you had the Murrows and the Cronkites. And I even remember as a boy watching Tom Brokaw and wondering which way he voted. Where is he voting at the end of the day? The only, maybe one of the only journalists who I still ask that question about is Ross Ramsey, who doesn't vote in primaries because he doesn't want you to know how he votes. And it's it's kind of off-putting sometimes to have a guy like Ross. Like, I'm unabashed. I tell you what I think. I'm in kind of a commentary reporting role. But a guy like Ross, it would disappoint me if Ross came out and endorsed a candidate because I look to Ross Ramsey. He'll be on the show tomorrow. Next episode, if you're listening on the weekend, appreciate all you guys who listen on the weekend. But it would be a little disappointing for him to come out as partisan uh, almost like your preacher, like going off on politics. Like, that's not why I'm here. But uh, now I know how Brokaw votes because Brokaw has a Twitter account in which he tells you. Same thing with Dan Rather. It's all pretty clear now. But all that to say, fake news. One is uh, one aspect of whenever I think of the term fake news is what the Russians did to us in 2016. Like, bleeding in, sponsoring all these posts on which Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook uh, hold shareholders got very wealthy on, uh, you know, let's, let's target the black community in, let's say, St. Louis. And let's, let's put up pictures of a black man who's brutally beaten and then on the other side, let's target white voters in St. Louis with a white guy who was brutally beaten. And guess what? That stuff goes a long ways. It gets shared over and over again. Maybe you get a sponsor in there, make a little dime off of it. But you've created a deceptive crisis. And that's one aspect of fake news. And then I like, can everybody please... Just look at a picture of Dr. Ford right now and stop sharing. What's a Gillibrand or whatever the senator is from from New York who took Hillary's seat? That is not a picture of that's not the picture that you're making it out to be. There's some picture being passed around with like George Soros and like that's not her, man. Like I'm going to go full tilt Big Lebowski. It's just crazy. I mean, you're saying more about your IQ than you are just a ton of dumb people. I just don't, it's not even dumb. It's like, does it reinforce what I already believe? I must share it now. So there are two sides actively deceiving, but then because you disagree with it, you call it fake news, even though it's fact based. Well, we're just going to call it fake news. And it bugs me to no end to have, like, I'm thinking about uh, a couple of years ago, Charles Perry, senator out of Lubbock, a state senator, had some crazy lady 
who is like, is she like a stripper? Daniel, can you look that up? Uh, she's something, something like that, and alleged some terrible things about Charles Perry. And people on the left went crazy, and they started sharing it. And the people on the right didn't know what to do with it. And I was one of you can go check my Twitter timeline a couple of years ago if you're that bored. But I was one of the first people who spoke up and said, no, this is, look, I've got my disagreements with Senator Perry, but this is false and this is not right. This lady has a history of being a little bit of a kook. And, and then the Texas Tribune, of all places, uh, what some on the right would call a liberal organization, fake news, corrected the record. Terry Langford, as I recall, when she was at the Tribune, corrected the record. And it's just, so all I have to say, even after that, man, I have big problems with the lieutenant governor and with Charles Perry and with the governor decrying something on, as a public official as fake news because they don't agree with the facts. Even after undergoing, and those three men individually have all undergone some crisis that good reporters have come out and corrected. And it's just really disenchanting to see good, hardworking journalists just be called fake news because they present facts that bother snowflake and and we're all zombies now anyway it's like oh I, you know which is what i'm about to get into uh, ben o'rourke ted cruz ben o'rourke wrote a piece whenever he was in college and used the phrase in a critique of a musical he went and watched uh an actress whose only qualifications seem to be actresses whose only qualifications seem to be their phenomenally large breasts and tight buttocks. I see what he was trying to do, but guess what? Whenever we've got this Kavanaugh thing and we're just going to use it as a verb. By the way, my youngest boy is named after my maternal great-great-grandfather, something like that. His name's Kavanaugh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Beto O'Rourke. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Get into that and stick right with us here on the other side. At Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Hey, I'm still waiting for somebody a lot smarter than me to tell me, A, is a Topo Chico who brings you this program, by the way, 
what I drink during this program. Is Topo Chico provide dispensers for residences or even commercial to sneak into a residence? Do they have those dispensers? And B, how do you get one? That's what I want. Love me some Topo Chico. Also, love me some Lubbock File Room. Lubbock File Room giving you document and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992. You need some documents destroyed? Anybody? Anybody? Where do you live? Uh, for a free and hassle-free estimate, call LubbockFileRoom.com, 806 7447666.lubbockfileroom.com. So you see the Kavanaugh craziness going down, and I don't think we're in a good place in the public square at all whenever we're going to go in and we're going to start evaluating boys in their junior, like in their junior years in high school. I, I just. And this is, again, I said it yesterday. I would in no way tolerate my daughter or my wife being sexually assaulted. Uh, I would take their allegations seriously. Now, that's one side. And I think I can say that and not say what I'm about to say without being just written up as like this is a Salem witch trials like you're a witch man or in today's language you're all about sexual assault just this so a, a, a junior senior in high school that's a litmus test now I don't want to get into yesterday's monologue over again but it does make me worry about my Jack and Sam let's say that they've got uh and check yes or no. George Strait going through their little heads here in three or four years. And they make a move to hold a hand at a football game. I, is that sexual assault? Uh, whenever they move in for the kiss later on? Oh, is that harassment? This is, I've said, and I'm going to say again, I'm about to prove it to you. The Democrats have opened a Pandora's box here, the Democratic National Committee, that is going to hang a cloud. If you thought that we have bad politicians now, uh, hold the Democratic National Committee's beer and watch this. They're going to be terrible politicians. And people who want no part of what's going on in the Kavanaugh House right now. And it just is... I mean, if if something would have happened like in the last five, ten years, like even Anita Hill is more plausible than this stuff. We've just gone full tilt crazy town. And it comes to bear on Beto O'Rourke. Yesterday, Politico, Beto O'Rourke is apologizing for once criticizing a Broadway musical actress, quote, whose only qualifications seem to be their phenomenally large breasts and tight buttocks. In 1991, the 19-year-old, see, here we are back in our teens, the 19-year-old O'Rourke reviewed 
the Broadway musical The Will Rogers Follies for the Columbia Day Spectator, the university student newspaper. Writing under the byline Robert O'Rourke, he panned the performance as, quote, one of the most glaring examples of the sickening excesses of moral degradations of our culture. So here's the deal. Uh, well, let me read this one. He went on to bemoan the bevy of a, quote, perma-small actress whose only qualifications, actresses whose only qualifications seem to be their phenomenally large breasts and tight buttocks. Guess what? James Carville said this. It's still true. There is no context in politics. And you wrote those words, Beto O'Rourke and Politico, I think, did, didn't do the job that they should have done with this piece. That what O'Rourke was criticizing was the use of large breasts and tight buttocks, a fairly common trade or a trait whenever it comes to the entertainment industry. He was criticizing them compensating for a bad performance, a bad musical with phenomenally large breasts and tight buttocks. But guess what? There is no context now. The Pandora's box has been opened. And so now, news headlines, Better O'Rourke apologizes. Um, uh, I think he said that he's sick about what he wrote as a 19-year-old. Oh, goodness. Like, it just drives me just insane. Like, it's, it's enough that I'm doing a radio show that centers on Texas politics in a state that consistently put, produces the worst voting trends in the country. I go into full, I go into rooms where there are substantial amounts of people and ask, who, how many members of the Texas House are there? Uh, how many are there in the Texas House? The most, uh, the most formidable, the most influential form of government in your day-to-day life. How many members of the Texas House? Crickets. How many senators? Crickets. Like, Texas government matters to Texans. And... I get crickets on how many members of the legislative body that bears more of an influence on your life day to day than any other form of government. And so I I guess I'm just calling myself a loser right now. I don't know, because I do a show that centers on Texas politics and so many people know so little about it, except for listeners here, all my West Texicans. But there are plenty of West Texicans who don't. And uh, that's why we focus on the things we do in the show. It's kind of just a a public service we try to provide here. But all I have to say, Beto O'Rourke has, I think, fairly, I can say, been complicit in the Democratic National Committee's ends justify the means opening the Pandora's box on Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, I cannot, like, ugh. I want to say that I'm watching like a 90s comedy when he brings up his calendar. Like, who keeps a calendar, first of all, at that age? But secondly, has to put it up. Is is that where we are now? And if it is, 
Then Beto O'Rourke, Politico twisted your words, but they're there and they're for the twisting and there is no context in politics now. Whew. For the latest in Texas politics, our next episode with my political counselor so that I don't pull all of my growingly gray hair out. Ross Ramsey will join us tomorrow. Also, uh, a lot of rumors out there. Rumblings, I should say, that Rick Francis, the Board of Regents chairman of FireFrancis.com fame, could be doing a presser tomorrow in Lubbock. Uh, or somewhere be doing a presser. We're going to be following that uh, at Jay Leeson on Twitter. I'll be following that tonight. But we'll also do our uh, pretty popular parody tomorrow, Rick Francis on a cell phone. That's right, Rick Francis on a cell phone coming up tomorrow. And then try to get into a game of uh, what do you got later in the week, as well as our friend Chris Level. And then whatever news is broken or that we break here on Friday for now, gonna get home, gotta get home. Great family, above average dinner waiting for me. Best to you and yours. Love you, West Texans. See you next time right here, AM 580, other side of Texas.